spelling bee has announced a change to next year's contest after this year's spelling bee ended in an eight-way tie. The new change? Knives. <laughs> wow. Wow. So somebody looked at our picture that we put out on the Twitter of all of us at the Christmas party last week. Horrible. Hey, why, why is it horrible? It was the, the most unflattering picture of me that's ever taken place. The whole gang I look like together, I'm 80. The whole gang together. Well, it's the cane. It doesn't young you up. Yeah, I'm kind of hunched over and pale and, and <laughs> just shaking terrible. his fist at a youth. Too. <laughs> but anyway, somebody uh, tweeted back. This is why I listen to you guys. Such a delightfully eclectic cross-section of America. Old white guy, round white guy, bald white guy, short white guy, and stupid hat white guy. Racist. <laughs> Oh, boy. So James Comey went on Fox News Sunday yesterday facing Chris Wallace. James Comey was running the FBI. Jeez, during the during the Hillary Clinton uh, computer emails thing. Which went great. Which he handled incredibly poorly and made Democrats hate him. And they thought he was an operative of the Republicans. Right. Then he uh, flipped around and did a bunch of wacky stuff that uh, in, it looks like it hurt Trump. So everybody, Now, it, it turns out he just thinks he's smarter than everybody. And uh, I'm more convinced than ever that he just feels like, no, I'm, I'm a puppet master at such a high level that I can, I can keep things under control and, and help the country. Mm-hmm. Me and myself. I, just, I can operate outside of the rules. I can do that because I'm so righteous. Well, uh, I get the feeling he feels like he glides above right. the concerns of, of normal grubby humans. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he's got And the, he did in the FBI, too. And what was going on below him was not so good. And he is a wise and benevolent king, so he can right. do that sort of thing. We, we should be lucky we have a man like that. Right. Or had a man like that. Oh, hey, Minister, is the Pfizer process uh, un, uh, unfolding with fairness and, vis- and wisdom and vision? Oh, yes, sir, King Comey. It is indeed, sir. Excellent. Excellent. I'm off to the ride to the hounds, <laughs> says James Comey. Well, you got to give him credit for going on Fox News Sunday and talking to Chris Wallace, who is always a tough interviewer, because he could have obviously said no. Not a softball thrower. No, no. no. indeed. And Comey could have obviously to said ours no. Ours yeah. Uh, but Comey's pretty confident in, in himself and his ability to weasel out of answers, apparently. But so this one is uh, Chris Wallace had just laundry listed all the things that happened and were mentioned in the IG report that came out last week, the whole you know, FBI agents leaving paragraphs out or leaving out information and uh, the Steele dossier knowing it was crap from the beginning and all these different things, and it starts here. Did you know all of this? All of what? Everything that I we're talking about. Can we stop there? I just like that. <laughs> stop. I just said. I thought that was fantastic. And I've noticed one of Comey's techniques, because I've seen him in other tough interviews, he always has a cup of coffee or something with him. So he's oh, able yeah. to like use that as a prop to kind of oh, take a little break and sure. take a little sip and say, all of what? All of the stuff I just said. Right. What do you mean, all of what? Well, and, and forcing the, the questioner to clarify their question. He does that over and over again. <laughs> but anyway, back from the beginning. Did you know all of this? All of what? Everything that we're talking about here, did you know that, in fact, the Steele report was the key for probable cause? Did you know that the FBI had talked to the Russian contact and he said what Steele said he had, he had uh, told him was not true? Did you know this? You're the FBI director. First, again, the report will speak for itself. I don't believe the FBI concluded that Steele's reporting was bunk after talking to a subsource. But no, I didn't. As the director, you're not kept informed on the details of an investigation. So no, in general, I didn't know what they'd learned from the subsource. I didn't know the particulars of the investigation. But this isn't 
some investigation, sir. This is an investigation of the campaign of the man who is the president of the United States. You've just been through a firestorm investigating Hillary Clinton. I would think if I were in your position, I would have been on that uh, you know, like a like a junkyard dog. I would have wanted to know everything they were doing in investigating the Trump campaign. Yeah, that's not the way it works, though. As as a director sitting on top of an organization of 38,000 people, you can't run an investigation that's seven layers below you. You have to leave it to the career professionals to do, to the special agents who do this for their lives. And if a director tries to run an investigation, it it'll get mucked up in all different kinds of ways, given his or her responsibilities and the impossibility of reaching the work that's being done at the lower level. That is such a beautiful comyism right, right there. That is absolutely true. You cannot have the director running the investigation. You've got to have the career people who do that work. Right. But could the director perhaps uh, have somebody under him who's making sure everything's buttoned up? Would that be possible, James? Well, and I, I don't believe that anyway. Uh, as uh, as I mentioned last week, I got a uh, an email from somebody who has worked in high level this and that, and I'm not going to go any further than that. But to, anytime you're dealing with a government official, you get a special treatment and goes to the very top because it has to be handled so delicately. Mm-hmm. How about if you're dealing with the freaking president of the United States and Comey saying, there are 38,000 employees, like as if, so the guy Guy in uh, rural Oklahoma who's investigating some bootlegging thing, you're not uh, you're not going to dictate that from high on. You're not going to micromanage that or investigating the president dancing on the very edge of constitutionality. Right? You're just going to wash your hands of the whole thing. You're in just fact, here at the top. It's so important. I let anything happen during that investigation <laughs> and not have any idea it's going on. That's just hilarious. I can't, ma- I can't micromanage. Right? I, I do not. If, if positive Sean punches one of our most important clients right in the face, I oh. Oh, well, we should, uh, that's not my job. No, I think people under you should understand what they're not supposed to do, which might include subverting justice. Well, it would be kind of like um, if we had, you know, by far the biggest client we've got that we advertise for. They get different attention than other advertisers. Sure. It's just the way it works. It it, 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 it defies um, well anything the way the world works to think that it wasn't getting any sort of special treatment. I guarantee you, well, at least according to people I know who know these sorts of things, but it just makes sense that he was involved in this at a very minute level. Uh, that's got being to updated be updated on a regular basis. It has to be. You're dealing with spying on the freaking president. Boy, and if he wasn't, that's incompetence. What's the point of having an FBI director if they aren't going to make calls on this sort of stuff? If it's not going to get, you know, the yeses or noes aren't going to go up to the very top guy on this. You're going to pass that off to lower level people? Or even, even if it doesn't go up to the top guy, and this is why it's so unbelievable, surely somewhere in that allegedly seven layers between Comey and the investigators. There is someone empowered to oversee this and make damn sure it's run properly. And if it goes sideways, and it absolutely went sideways, even Comey admitted it more or less, what is that person's name and have they been called to account? The idea that it was unknowable then and it's unknowable now, what went wrong and who is at fault, I just, uh, let me have another sip of my coffee. It's just, oh, please, God, he's just so, so slick. Well, and as Chris Wallace said there, you had just come out of the Hillary Clinton thing where you just got pummeled. So you're going to continue to be hands off. Um, I'll read a little from this email I got from a friend of mine. 
the the uh, blah blah blah. Two things to consider: writing this off as sloppy as this dishonest. In training, we're taught the most important cases are those involving public officials. These used to these are called specials and are conducted with the greatest care and sensitivity. So imagine you're the FBI and have one involving the presidential nominee. I'm supposed to believe that this wasn't reviewed and scrutinized at every level. I'm calling BS. Right. Here, here. Uh, I'm calling for more tape. I love this. And uh, here's more of the back and forth between James Comey and Chris Wallace. He was asked how he explains it. Horowitz, here he is. It's unclear what the motivations were. On the one hand, gross incompetence, negligence. On the other hand, intentionality. Gross negligence, or they intended to do it. They intended to lie to the FISA court. You, you were in charge during a lot of this, sir. And in fact, you, you signed the FISA applications. Sure, I think I signed at least two or three of them. He doesn't conclude that there was intentional misconduct by these career special agents. No, he, he just says doesn't. it's one of two things and he can't decide. Gross negligence or it was intentional misconduct. Well, That's read, what he said. I've read his report. He says, I, we are not concluding that there was intentional misconduct by FBI. Did you hear person. what he just said here? I did. I don't know the context of that. I've read he was it. asked specifically, how do you explain it? And he said, gross negligence or intentionality. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. He doesn't find intentionality, but that doesn't make it any less important. As director, you are responsible for this. I was responsible for this, and if I were still there, I'd be doing what Chris Ray is doing, is figuring out, so how did this happen, and is it systemic? Because that's the scariest thought. Is if, that you, if you were still there, and all of this came out, and it turned out it happened on your watch, would you resign? No, I don't think so. There were mistakes I consider more consequential than this during my tenure. Holy bleep! Can you do us a quick list of those? Holy bleep! I thought that was astounding. Oh, there are bigger things than this that happened. Oh, so, yeah. Spying on American citizens, not only that, but a presidential campaign. Oh, we do stuff crazier than that all the time. Finding a dozen and a half obvious problems with the way we spied on a U.S. citizen. Oh, yeah, we, bigger things than that happened when I was director. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's your, this is the good news? <laughs> I was I mean, a little disappointed in Chris Wallace not saying, like, what? What could be worse? That's that's amazing. So he's he's going with the, we're just so bad at our jobs argument. No, 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 we're not. We're not biased. We don't have political agendas. It's not a coup. We're just really bad at our jobs. Right. I mean, like, really bad. Like, so much worse than you ever imagined at our jobs. Right. We're so sloppy at every level, as the IG report said. We're so sloppy from the top to the bottom. Three different teams. Multiple teams right. can't catch each other's problems. That's how sloppy we are. There's no bias. Or, That's his argument, or basically. Or we're biased. Right. The two choices. Man, I love the rhetorical uh, technique he engaged in. So uh, a prosecutor comes and says, uh, Joe Getty either stabbed Michelangelo or he shot him. And Chris Wallace says, so it was either you stabbed him or he shot him. <laughs> well, well, Chris, uh, the AG did not, or the uh, IG did not uh, uh, determine that I stabbed him. But you either stabbed him or shot him. Well, the IG did not make a determination that I stabbed him. But did you? <laughs> well, he did not make a determination. Well, how about, and then, and so he plays the Horowitz thing, which states the opposite of what Comey is saying. And, and Wallace says, did you just hear what we played? And I don't know what the context of it was. What do you mean you don't know what the context of that was? Everybody saw that. <laughs> he was testifying before Congress. Did it look like he was in a grocery store aisle talking to his neighbor? That was Congress. 
I don't know if he was talking about this case or someone else. I don't I don't know what that was. He is slick. He man. is super slick. And then the whether the steel dossier was uh, the the key to getting the FISA warrant. Oh, that's my favorite part. You want to do that one next? Which the IG report says it was. Comey weasels out of that with the longest, craziest answer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose we could play that for you. But, man, he is slick. That's why he's willing to go on there. He knows he's good. That the stuff with Comey and and the Steele dossier next. Okay, stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. It's the best time of the year. Oh, my golly. I don't know. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's good advice. I'm trying to. We we decided decided we are going to cross the Rubicon of video games. Oh, boy. We are going to go there. Controversial. We'll take your calls. Is Jack a good parent or a bad one? Call now. I'm the only parent I know of whose kids don't already have a setup. but. Mm. Happy to assist in any way as your internet Sherpa. I'm probably going to need it. Um, uh, so James Comey, former FBI director, went on uh, Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace yesterday trying to answer questions about the whole IG report. And um, consequential to the whole thing is whether or not they used as an excuse to spy on a president a just completely piece of crap document known as the Steele dossier. And... And to what extent were they aware of how bad it was and for, as they were using it? And forever the media has been telling us, no, the Steele dossier was part of it, but it really wasn't important. It wasn't key. Well, the IG last week reported that it was key. Of course, they'd been leaking the opposite to the media, and then the media reporting it as fact in the Washington Post and New York Times and everywhere else. I think we will get to Horowitz's words, which are, it played a central and essential role. This is a master class in obfuscation. And, and dodging by Comey. One of the central issues is the role that the Steele dossier played, which was oppo research paid for by the Democrats, what role it played in getting the FISA warrants to surveil Page. Again, here's your version, and again, here's the Inspector General. My recollection was it was part of a broader mosaic of facts that were laid before the FISA judge to obtain a FISA warrant. And we concluded that the Steele reporting played a central and essential role in the decision to seek a FISA order. Horowitz says it wasn't part, as you told Brett Baer, it wasn't part of a broader mosaic. He said it played an essential role in establishing probable cause. In fact, he says, if it hadn't been for the Steele dossier, the FBI probably wouldn't have even submitted a FISA application that had been reviewed in April of 2016, or August, rather, of 2016. They decided not to do it. They get the Steele dossier. They do it. It wasn't part of a broader mosaic. That's what you said, sir. I'm not sure he and that's, and that's where I thought, aha, this was at the beginning of the interview. Chris Wallace has him. He's stuck now. What is he possibly going to say? But Comey says this. You said, sir. I'm not sure he and I are saying different things. What? What his report <laughs> says is that the FBI thought it was a close call until they got the Steele report, put that additional information in, and that tipped it over to be probable cause. It's a long FISA application that includes steel material and lots of other material. I don't think we're saying different things. Well, I think you are, sir, because he's saying... <laughs> 
You're saying it's part of a broader mosaic. It's just one element. He's saying it was the tipping point. It's what brought it over. That doesn't make it part of a broader mosaic. It makes it the centerpiece of the whole FISA application and the ability to surveil Carter Page. Yeah, I don't understand him to be saying that. And I could be wrong about that. Well, I, I, mean, I, got, I got his quote here. Uh, he says, we concluded the Steele reporting played a central a central and essential role in the decision to seek a FISA warrant that it pushed the, the FISA proposal over the line in terms of establishing probable cause. I mean, yes. he says what he says. Words mean something. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with his characterization. I'm just confused. I, know, I don't see the disconnect between the two of us. All right, there you go. That's beautiful. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't see the, uh, I don't see that as a contrast at all. He's trying to pitch the idea that, well, it was, it was very close, and the Steele dossier was just the straw that uh, broke the camel's back and, and put us over the finish line. Well, central and essential is not a straw. I don't see the uh, the disconnect. Well, and he said specifically, the IG said specifically, there would not have been a Pfizer warrant without the Steele dossier. No, I don't, I don't, I don't see the difference in what we're saying. Boy, Gosh. take that as a lesson in lying in in your life. Just just state the opposite of right. what facts are presented before you. And then he defends the content of the Steele dossier, saying, "I don't think uh, us finding out that uh, sources call him a liar really undermined it. Not really, no." What? Why? Yeah. How can you? Who can he? What? <laughs> he's, he's unbelievable. He's good at it. What's coming up in your news, Marshal? Well, uh, this week's Democratic debate may not happen. China diplomats expelled by the U.S. for spying. First time in 30 years. Oh. Yo, no debate. <laughs> Some of the wackiest ideas we have in our culture currently end up getting such traction, particularly on college campuses. We're going to talk to the great Peter Bogosian about that, something called idea laundering. How these wacky professors uh, co-sign each other's BS and make them part of the national conversation. I'm so intrigued by this idea. I I know it when I see it. I want to be trained up to recognize it. Get the news now, Marsha Phillips. Oh, my God, no debate. The Democrat debate in California is in danger of being canceled. It's like somebody canceled Christmas. <laughs> is it? Is it like that? All the 2020 candidates who qualified for the next debate have decided to boycott the event rather than cross the picket lines. Fine, good. Next story. You got Biden, oh. Warren, Mayor Pete, Klobuchar, Tom Steyer announcing they would pull out of the December 19th debate if the local labor dispute with Loyola Maramont University is not resolved. I didn't know that was the reason. So it's just a local college labor dispute? And they're going to cancel the debate over that? Here's the most interesting thing about the debate. Um, nine, the, the biggest nine candidates signed off on a letter urging the DNC to change the qualification criteria because they think it's wrong that, for instance, Cory Booker's not on the yep. stage. And they got a, you know, more billionaires than, than, than black people on stage and all that sort of stuff. I'll miss there. his wisdom. And so, there's a a movement by everybody from Biden on down saying, no, we need to broaden out the qualifications because they were supposed to keep going, ratcheting up. You need to have, you need to reach this threshold in the polls, you need to have this many donors, and they're trying to winnow it down. If they go with the now suggested numbers, they're going to bring back like six more people. Yes. So the next debate might go from... Six back up to like twelve or fifteen. Ah, oh, that's better for everybody. Isn't Jack, that amazing? Good, good for a lot of joke. Does this get Marianne Williamson back in? Yes, please. 
That's hilarious. We swam it like nobody's business. <laughs> Swalwell is sitting by his phone right now thinking, <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> New York Times, among others, reporting the American government secretly expelled two Chinese embassy officials this fall after they drove onto a sensitive military base in Virginia. The expulsions appear to be the first of Chinese diplomats suspected of spying in more than 30 years. How did they get onto the base? In my experience, it's not that easy to get onto a base, especially one that is uh, sensitive. Well, American officials believe at least one of the Chinese officials was an intelligence officer operating under diplomatic cover. The group, which included the officials' wives, evaded military personnel pursuing them and stopped only after fire trucks blocked their path. So this was like, we're going to drive on the base. Why? I wonder what, uh, diplomatically speaking, was behind keeping this quiet. The trade Just deal? getting rid of them. Probably so. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. the trade deal is about to get uh, getting signed. The, the, yeah, the preliminary one. Yeah, the episode in September, which neither Washington nor Beijing made public, has intensified concerns within the Trump administration that China is expanding its spying efforts in the United States just as the two nations are locked in that global strategic and economic rival we, well, rivalry think, we've been talking I, about. We all assume that, yeah. right? They're spying as hard as they can, 24-7. U.S. is getting ready to withdraw another 4,000 troops from Afghanistan. That's according to a report by Voice of America, where they said officials in Afghanistan have confirmed the Trump administration's plans to announce the drawdown as early as next week. Good. At last check, there are approximately 13,000 troops in the country. Yeah, the uh, we've got a clip we'll play later about how little in attention CNN gave the big Washington Post-Afghanistan story last week. All impeachment all the time. No time for being lied to about wars. They're pathetic. Got a new study that finds people who use e-cigarettes are more likely than tobacco users to develop lung disease. Researchers at University of California, San Francisco found that vapors have a 33% higher risk of developing lung diseases. Wow. That's interesting. They say their three-year study also showed vaping is a risk factor for pulmonary disease as well. So is vaping going to come and go very quickly? I mean, it came on the scene, uh, exploded, wonder, and then I wonder yeah. if it's just going to go away. I wonder. Are yeah. they the same lung diseases? Or, uh, are, 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't. Asthma, bronchitis, emphysema, those are the diseases they're, they're not, talking about. But not cancer, though, right? I haven't seen cancer on this list, no. Hallmark Channel says it's going to go ahead and reinstate commercials featuring same-sex couples that it had pulled from the network. The Hallmark Card CEO uh, said in his statement that pulling the commercials was the wrong decision. Several of the ads for the wedding uh, planning site Zola featured two brides kissing at the altar. The network pulled all the ads following a complaint from the group One Million Moms. I wish... And uh, protest was swift. I wish I could have been in some of those meetings at the top. Way to make everybody angry. <laughs> make sure that everybody on both sides is angry. You know how the uh, advertising on a channel kind of tells you what they think about their viewers? I mean, for instance, uh, Fox News has lots of drugs and walk-in showers and walk-in tubs and that sort of thing. Um uh, Judy was watching one of those silly Hallmark movies last night, yeah. and there was an ad for a psychic. 
There you go. Yeah, I didn't want to be hurtful and point that out, but uh, <laughs> they're back. They never went away. Call the me now. Psychics. They're yes. advertising to soft heads on the channel you're watching. Oh, just boy. saying. No, no, well, I wasn't. There you and go. You just did. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Just because I'm watching a soft head channel, which I often do, it doesn't mean I'm one of the soft heads. Certainly not. Oh, I'd like to assume I'm honey. Not. Uh, so where do these wacky ideas come from that, that get hold on college campuses and then leak out into our culture? It's a, a process called ideal laundering that's really interesting once you learn about it. And Peter Bogosian's coming up next to explain it on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Merry Christmas, baby. Shut that tree Harvey Weinstein has reached a $25 million settlement with the women accusing him of sexual misconduct. But in order to get the money, the women have to grab it out of his bathrobe pocket. (laughs) Yeah. That's so, pretty good. <laughs> we mentioned the interview Harvey Weinstein did over the weekend where he said, I made more movies directed by women and about women than any filmmaker 30 years ago. I did it first. I pioneered it. Well, you are a champion of women. So Sorry we, we mentioned the whole rape thing. Are we supposed to clap now or give you an award? or Please. What a whack job. Yeah, no kidding. You and need Prince Andrew need to get together and work on your uh, your PR. Is he, is he delusional or is that a strategy? I think he's delusional. Okay. I believe that he believes that. Yeah, yeah, I think he's delusional. Just coming off the Comey interview where he is just a very slick uh, a wielder of words. He's very good at deflecting arguments. I just wonder if uh, Weinstein, who is a pig and a monster but very bright, just wonder if he thinks, all right, yeah, let's see. We'll start with uh, I was a real champion of women, and and uh, by the end of five years or so, I'll be back in a game. I don't know. Uh, one more thing on the Democratic debate. There's one scheduled for Thursday now. It looks like it's going to be canceled. I don't know. But the debate after that one, it looks likely that they'll have to go back to two nights of debates, according <laughs> to the New York Times, because they're going to expand the qualifications. They feel like they're leaving out people of color and all that sort of stuff. Oh boy. They're leaving out people who suck. That's what they're leaving out. It's not because they're of any particular gender or color or anything like that. I've got um, the, the Washington Post's lies of the year. The, the Pinocchios of the year, the yes. lies of the year. Yes. Kamala Harris has got two of them. Oh, that's, wow. That's why she's not a candidate. Not because it's she's racism black. and misogyny, Jack. But, but anyway, they're changing the criteria, and so they're going to add in a bunch more candidates, and they'll likely have to go to back to two nights of debates. How can the Democratic Night Party do that? Like weeks before the caucusing in Iowa. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. It's, it's <laughs> as if there's a mole inside who's deliberately ruining their debate. Anyway. I think it's hilarious. Uh, by the way, we had a bit of a scheduling snafu with Peter Bogosian and uh, uh, and Hanson, who will soon be looking for work, is going to be uh, uh, sorting that out, and we'll get him on soon. Fascinating conversation. Can't wait for it. <sighs> Bring back Swalwell <laughs> and Marianne Williamson. So, listen, uh, interestingly enough, we're going to talk to uh, Peter Bogosian about idea laundering. 
which is, um, you know, just it's a, it's a scam of a way for these academics to get their wackadoo ideas that don't exist in the real world uh, backed up and to sound more authoritative and get you to believe them. This is a beautiful example of a similar thing. We got this note from Al Anonymous, um, who, who happens to live and work in Salinas, California. Medium-sized city, Central Valley, not far from Monterey. Um, and they have a huge bums and junkies problem, mostly because they have most of the services in the county, so all the bums and junkies are flocking to Salinas. Yeah. Never never mind all those uh, brave progressive leaders will tell you that has nothing to do with why there are so many bums and junkies there. But this is brilliant and insidious, Jack. And actually, uh, Al points out this parallel as well. You remember when we went from hunger to food insecurity? Because there weren't enough hungry people, so they had to expand the category. Right. Have you even once in the last year been concerned that you won't have enough food? Well, then you're food insecure, which then by the time it makes it to the media and the activists is one out of six American children is hungry, knows hunger. Yeah, at one point in the last year, mom said, I'm not sure if we have enough food for dinner. Once. That puts them on the list of the hungry. Now, listen to this. The homeless industrial complex in Salinas Salinas, now defines as homeless people. You know what? I'm going to get the abs. Here we go. And this is the Department of Education. Includes kids living in cars, motels. Or doubled up with others. In other words, mom and kid live with aunt and uncle. They're homeless. They might live in a 4,000 square foot home with a pool. But for the purposes of the Department of Education, Department of uh, Housing and Urban Development, they are homeless. Now, Now, the feds define it as you're living on the streets or in a shelter. That sounds like homeless to me. But the um, local homeless industrial complexes expanded it a bit. And I assume I assume the reason for that is somehow you get money for expanding the, the definition? Exactly. The homeless, Living in a hotel, how's that homeless? The homeless liaison at the Family Resource Centers at Salinas City Elementary School, Cheryl Kameny, says, In a class of 20, eight of them are homeless. School data finds that more than 40% of elementary school-aged kids in Salinas are homeless. Boy, and especially if you're going to include uh, highly uh, Hispanic areas like Salinas, Salinas. Is, where families are much more likely to live, you know, multi-generational in one one home. Yeah. Yep. It's Absolutely. Because they want to. Yeah. It's a m- m- much more common family structure. And then they mentioned, so she goes on mentioning uh, Salinas known as the salad bowl of the world with an $8 billion economy based on feeding much of the nation with produce. So if one of your kids was living with you, since they're all adults now, would they be considered homeless under those guidelines then? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Wow. Uh, I mean, I haven't read the fine print, but... So all the 20-somethings out there who got a college degree and they haven't found a job yet are homeless Correct. by that definition. Yes. Uh, this activist gal goes on to say... With that high uh, economy, the the $8 billion economy, 40% homeless students in our district alone in this rich, fertile valley area and county. People are astounded by it and really at times can't believe that it is a reality. Well, right, because it's not. Well, That's why they can't believe it. Well, it's a good move. They learned from the, the hunger thing that we talked about and then from the... Um 
the sex thing that we've talked about exactly. over the years. One out of six American women has been raped or been the subject of unwanted touching or jokes or a comment. Or somebody looked at them once. One out of six raped, say the activists in the media, adopting that. They're just editing. They're just editing it a little bit. So everybody's getting raped. Everybody's homeless and they need more money. It's just everybody's um, hungry. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and, and right. Exactly. I'm telling you. I'm just, telling you. What I'm you, telling you is I'm telling you. Well, know this. Again, general principles. And, and listen, who are you going to blame for this? Me? Or are you going to blame the activists? And part of it's the Department of Agriculture. That one gets a little uh, uh, complicated because they just want to prop up farm prices to keep American agriculture humming. But how can you not be completely cynical about any statistic dealing with homelessness at this point or sexual assault or hunger? If you're not, you're a fool because these people are, are, are directly trying to defraud you out of your tax money. They are lying to get your tax money into their coffers. So the next time you hear a statistic about the number of homeless kids in a school, I think it's fairly safe to assume, or at least you ought to be willing to look into, whether you're just being lied to. 40% homeless because the kid's doubling up in a, in a you know 60% Mexican community. Unreal. So uh, one texture said, get the switch, Jack, since we're, uh, we're going into the video game lifestyle. This Christmas, Santa's going to bring something? Get a stick from a tree to, to hit your kids with? No, a Switch. Nintendo Switch. Too much video games! And I believe that's what you suggested, Sean? Yes. Yeah. yes. I think that's what we went with. What well, my is wife uh, advantageous about that? I don't know. Better parental controls? Uh, Nintendo is very much aware that they make games for children to play, and they are great games, and they are... It's, it's much harder for... It's almost it's pretty much impossible for somebody on the switch to just randomly encounter somebody in an online game. You need to have the other person's awesome. friend code and have real life things if you're want, trying to play okay. somebody. Nice. So, I like it. Nintendo is very much in the game of making games for children where a lot of the video game companies are now making games for people like me, the 30-somethings who never stop playing. <laughs> I am so terrible at video games. Always have been. And part of it is I have no interest. And because I have no interest, I can't like Pay attention long enough to even try to do right. anything, and then and I have no interest in playing again once I die. So <laughs> we're playing the Mario Brothers, and the kids really want me to play with them. And every time I do, they talk, "Dad, you're so terrible at this. Mm. Well, am I supposed to jump over that or <laughs> run into it? Or yeah, I don't know what I'm supposed to do." Uh, but my wife, because she she grew up with with one of the the Mario Brothers things, she's really good at it and shows them all the tricks. And then you go through here and you get to that, and then you get to blah blah, and you get an extra guy. And mm. she had like twenty guys. Extra guys built up the other day, and they were just wide-eyed and blown away about mom's prowess. Whatever that means. Yes. <laughs> well, you you know, you probably knew on video games how you get more lives, whatever it is you're playing. Sure. Um, uh, but I just I'm terrible. I can I last any video game I've ever played in my life. I last roughly 45 seconds. Yeah. And I'm completely yeah. done. Do the the Mario Kart racing is that what it's called? That's a simple yeah. racing game. All you have to do is try to stay on the track. A great one for for you guys all to play. I together. think I can figure that. Yeah. One. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's family fun too because yeah. everybody can race their own vehicle and and uh, I, Judy and well Judy and I, Judy would watch. I would have lots of fun with the kids. Um, and I was bad. Occasionally, I'd do reasonably well, and that would be cause for a great celebration. Because uh, I was I was the pathetic child. As, <laughs> As that, I was Tiny Tim in this scenario, <laughs> That's and everybody I was rooting for me. That's why I am. I got little kids coming. No, Dad, jump over that thing. No, Dad, oh, no, you 
<laughs> control B. Control B. Where's the control? The Where's jo- the B? The joy your kids will get when they knock you off the racetrack by throwing a turtle shell at you. Oh, yes. okay. like oh yeah. Fantastic. Big fun. Yep. I'm thinking that's a guaranteed win for Christmas morning. Yes. Hook that up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll have a gas. I remember fondly playing with my youngsters. Mm. Uh, modern game systems have a lot of downloads and stuff, so if you want to plug and play, uh, and hook it up the night before and then get all the downloads and then put it back in the box so they can open it up and just don't uh, have to go through the download. Oh, waiting. that's some good that advice there. That is a good tip. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like hours of dad trying it's to figure out It's going to be another to... hour, kids. Oh, dad. Wah, Not tomorrow. Think, Christmas. I think the day after Christmas we'll be able to play it. <laughs> Santa Claus, come back to your house and slap you. Play with your new pants and your socks. <laughs> well, you try to get this worked out. Those are ready right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put on your new socks. You can enjoy those socks right now. How do they feel? <laughs> Walk around in your new socks. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm glad you gave me that tipper. That actually would have happened. Oh, man. It's like, it's like failing to have batteries and everything's closed. Oh, that was, yeah, that was the thing when we were kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, and, look at it in a box. Worst. First of all, nothing's closed anymore. Yeah, no you can, you can buy batteries anywhere. Because we're a godless society, yep, Jack. exactly. Entirely godless. <laughs> so, listen, if you look at Trump's week last week, he was impeached. Yeah, but there's this incredible list. I mean, it's one of the great weeks of the presidency in recent decades. Yeah. And... uh and they're impeaching them, by the way, and nobody cares. <laughs> and I, nope, nobody cares. And I want to get to some of the lies of the year from the Washington Post. Which oh, are kinda, I love that. Kind of interesting. Trump's got quite a few of them, as you can imagine. Yeah, what are you going to do? There are different degrees of lies, <laughs> and we'll take a look at that. What are you going to do? 